The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded January 17th, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Edmonton's Altamita have been rocking their way to the top of Canada's list of most exciting bands since their debut album burst onto the scene in July of 2016. They have been touring ferociously, which has helped them get noticed across this vast nation. All that hard work paid off when they went looking for a label to release their sophomore album, Time Hasn't Changed You. Their reputation as one of Canada's hardest working and most talented bands managed to get them a spot on the Pheromone Recordings roster. This Toronto label is home to House household names like Mo Kenny and Joel Plaskett, and at the end of January, they released Altamita's impeccable follow-up to Dirty Rain. Join me now on Inside the Art Studio to talk about the new album and more are Troy and Eric from Altamita. Alright guys, uh, let's start with intros. Tell me who you are and what do you play in the band? Uh, my name's Troy, I play guitar and sing. Yeah, and I'm Eric, and I play the drums, and... Uh... I do a bit of singing and I play some synths and stuff too. So, yeah. So, brand new album just out. Um, I'll, let's just start with what can you tell us about it? Uh, it is our second record, and we recorded it in Toronto with our friend Aaron Goldstein, who you might know from. Uh, he's a steel player. Uh, plays with Kathleen Edwards, Dan Romano, City in Color. Um, Web and uh, amongst a number, uh, lots more. Um, we went out there in uh, the fall of 2017, mm-hmm. and it was a Thanksgiving weekend. We flew out there and uh, we met him. And uh, well, see, now there's a, a whole sort of before part of that, about six months leading up to it. But uh, yeah, essentially, the record was done in Toronto with Aaron and. Uh, yeah, it was cut in about two weeks, and it, I mean, it's been done for well over a year now, um, so we just kind of did the whole uh, label rigmarole, yeah. song and dance, and uh, found a home with uh, Pheromone Recordings, uh, which is a subsidiary of Cadence Music, and uh, yeah, we're really excited that it's out. It feels like forever ago that we did it, but uh, it's good to have it out now, and uh, and we're really happy to to have people hearing it for the first time even though it's (laughs) old to us it feels like at least but i guess i shouldn't say that well isn't that the way it works right like you make a record and it's at least a year before you actually get to release it so it's kind of like the songs are already old news to you guys (laughs) well and especially like a lot of these songs like we pretty much started writing like right after we finished our first record so a lot of them are super old yeah like yeah, that's two, like three, two, three as old years as old as the band. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, because because with the first record it was like half of the songs I had recorded solo, and then then when we all 
kind of got together and then everybody started playing on the stuff and then we yeah like I don't know anyways right after that then we started writing together yeah so pretty much all this stuff is yeah as old as the band how did Altamita come together? What's the story? I, I don't know. I, I know you were playing in Stepmothers, and yeah. then Stepmothers was no longer, and mm-hmm. this was a, a new thing. And Yeah, well, like, I've always kind of... I mean, the interesting thing, yeah, about that band and most other bands that I've been in is I've always sort of, like, written, like just written material, like, sort of in, like, a singer-songwriter fashion and then sort of applied it to whatever that band is doing which in stepmother's case it was like a little bit more punk yeah um so i sort of in with this project i wanted to make it just what the songs were bare bones more so like sort of just keep them in that in that way and and anytime that i would play solo like i would get pretty positive feedback from people yeah so i was like well maybe maybe this is like an avenue I should pursue a little bit more and then uh, and I mean and I love all that stuff you know like I love like the classic like Bob Dylan and all that kind of stuff and so it just seemed like a natural thing to do and then anyway so I was recording some songs with our friend Jeff Kynock uh, which was like sort of just gonna be like a solo EP I was just kind of just like messing around a little bit yeah and then was really liking the way that it was sounding and then I, f- I think we had like four or five songs or something like that and then it just felt like it was maybe a little bit too slow paced or something like that at that point so yeah so i was like oh well, it would be cool to to have like a full band and then these guys i've known for forever and so uh, they're the best players that i know yeah and so i was like well if it would be anybody i'd get them to play yeah so and luckily they were down and then as soon as we as soon as like we all sort of joined up it was like just obvious that we should pursue it as a project nice yeah so you guys have also not just played as Ultimita. you've toured as a backing band for calvin love and ben stevenson mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy and strange but i i was wondering how you these kind of gigs came up while you're in the middle of doing your Altamita thing and you know you got this record and you eventually trying to you're shopping around it's going to come out you decide to go and learn a bunch of other songs from somebody else and go on the road like this is crazy well yeah i mean like it's well i mean first of all it's it's so it's just like very flattering to be asked to uh to to touch anyone else's music uh, as their backing band. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of just going back to what Troy was saying, how the band started in the first place. And, um, so getting, we've been asked to do some stuff in the studio with people that we unfortunately have had to turn down in the past as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I think the first time we did it, it was just like an opportunity for us to go on tour. Um, and so, you know, we booked a handful of shows and then it was like, well, I mean, it'll be easy to just throw one extra person in the vehicle and, you know, play our set, play their set. And then it's like a package deal. It's easier to, it was easier to book the shows around. Um, and it's always just fun doing new things. But I think also the biggest takeaway is just how much you learn from, you know, being tasked with learning someone else's songs and sort of 
you know what they expect in musicianship and you know it's we we never played on, on on their records or anything they've worked with a lot of other people so feeling those shoes is always a little daunting but um you know in rehearsals and stuff calvin was sort of a different uh thing because he was in toronto and he kind of bounces all over the place so we learned the songs at home and then we met him in new orleans and and rehearsed just for an hour or so before the first <laughs> <Yeah>. show <laughs> which was a little, uh, a little dicey daunting. but you know what yeah, it, was, it was dicey but it was, but it was great like and and the, but like just the the takeaways in general of just like rehearsing with someone you just we've been able to uh you know apply that to our own uh, music and uh, you know you go through the motions of writing with your own band and sometimes it can feel routine or there's just those days when it's not sticking and then I think you just gain a new perspective of how other musicians you know we don't really spend a whole lot of time jamming with other people or really even subbing in for other people like once in a while Matt will take gigs or I've taken you know, one or two. It's not something we really do a whole lot of. So I think, uh, I think like at the end of the day too, like people want to like play with a band that is already cohesive, like rather than just like throwing a bunch of yeah, like random, like, you, you know, Side like, guys. like hard gun people together that don't really know each other's totally uh, vibe and stuff like that. Especially touring too. Like yeah. if you, if you just throw a bunch of random people in the van and you don't really know, I mean, like, it's a totally different thing. Like, like the, the time you spend on stage as opposed to the time you spend in the van is, like, you know, you have way <laughs> more time in the van than, than, than the yeah. time you spend on stage. So it's, like, 90-10. So to know that, like, we all are good friends and, are, and travel well together and, like, play well together, it's, like, I think to anybody that probably makes more sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I've never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, so the new album is, it's, to me, it sounds a lot bigger, a lot bolder. Um, I was wondering if you approached it in a different fashion than Dirty Rain? Well, certainly more of us uh, adding to the, to the pot, as it were. Like Troy said, it was, the first one was kind of, we just came in and it was kind of whatever he wanted or or you know what he heard prior to bringing us in yeah um and then you know there's bits of collaboration there but this was sort of the first time that like we all four you know went in from start to finish and uh everyone's ideas were were there and and you know made it onto the record the other thing is we recorded the record twice like december of 2016 we was uh around the new year right after christmas we went out to the to the cabin and uh and recorded the like built a little mini studio out there uh with jeff who did uh dirty rain and uh recorded the entire thing uh there save for like one or two songs yeah. and and kind of were like well maybe this will just maybe we'll just put it out this way um there was, you know, decisions that were made sort of like in the moment um, on that, that we were just kind of like, yeah, we'll live with that. It was very just off the cuff. Yeah. Um, sat with it, you know, for a bit. And then we were on tour in February, right at the beginning of 2017. And we were on tour with our friend Evan uh, and we were in Toronto and we ran into Aaron on the street and he introduced us. I We knew, we knew who he was because I've heard his playing and... Um, I'd seen him play before as well, and Evan was a friend and introduced us to him, and, you know, he was at the time putting his studio together, and 
So, you know, it was really just like a, a chance like encounter and you literally just ran into him on the street. Yeah. yeah. And then and then we were we were still kind of going through the thing of like, well, maybe this record will just be what we did. We'll just put it out. Yeah. Um, and then we thought like, well, let's like send it to someone. It would be cool to explore it a little bit more. So we sent it to a couple people and we just, you know, we kind of got the what felt like a little bit of a canned response from some people like these are my studio rates. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Aaron sent us this huge email back that was just like, I totally get what you guys are doing. I I hear Big Star. Yeah, I hear all this. And so he just got what we were trying to do and was like, when when can you come? And so we kind of were in contact through the summer. We were in Europe for a bit and did, uh, I was on the phone with him in like Brighton, just trying to like figure out dates and we were booking (laughs) it. And like the plan was to do it at one point in the summer and it was just kind of bouncing. So we ended up landing on doing it in the fall and uh, you know, got the grant money and everything together. And and then, yeah, it was just so, you know, once by the time we got there, um, you know, Aaron's just, I think as a side guy in, uh, the Toronto music scene, you know, he just has so many, you know, people on the speed dial that it's like, you guys want to do this? Like, we can call this person in. Mm-hmm. You guys want to do that? We can call this person in. And, you know, Ben Stevenson had some connections too. He got us in contact with the guys who played horns on the record. Yeah. Um, yeah like- Aaron, Aaron had, uh, you know, he, he, someone, uh, Scal Kendall Carson, uh, she's a fiddle player that plays with Alan Doyle and John Prine and, and I mean, tons of other people. She, like, Popeye one day. I mean, anyways, there was a whole whack of people that were just available. And, and so that, I think, is the sound that you're hearing, is that, like, we were still off the cuff and we were still just, like, open to anything. And Aaron would just say to us, you know, like, if we hate it, let's just be honest with ourselves. And if we like it, then it'll stay. And and so it was about two weeks. Uh, it was about ten days of uh, of doing uh, that back and forth. We played a couple shows. Aaron played with us. It was just like cool. really a really creative uh, time. And that was also like the third year in a row that I think none of us had been home for Thanksgiving. Like we had been on tour or somewhere together every single uh, time and so like to start that weekend off with like a thanksgiving dinner that we had with aaron yeah uh was just another thing you know like we just in that pretty short amount of time just created like a family vibe that was just very creative and and you know everyone was just open to whatever and so that's uh it makes a lot of sense when you talk about it like that because you can hear just good vibes kind of rolling sweet. through that album yeah that's yeah. awesome good. that's sweet um so it's out on pheromone records how did you guys and pheromone kind of come together because pheromone has it's a pretty damn good record label <laughs> yeah yeah they're sweet yeah like um so it was actually our agent that um sent it over to their in our uh one of the guys their in our guy and uh yeah he just instantly was like i'm really connecting with this blah 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 like uh when are you guys gonna be back out in toronto and we were coming out there uh for cmw mm-hmm. and then they all came out watched the show really dug it and then invited us out to like a party that they were having met the owner and he was super awesome and then like went out for some drinks with them one night and then pretty much by the time we got home they like offered us 
Nice. A deal. So yeah, it was it was sweet because we had been like talking with a few different people and you know some things were prom- seeming promising and sort of just taking a long time and we'd already at that point been sitting on it for a long time. So yeah, we were just, yeah. We were we were stoked that the that that process was so quick. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, let's get the tour kind of plans ironed out here you guys i mean this comes out you're already kind of halfway through the start of the tour um but uh what's what's going to happen from february on for your tour for this record where are you heading uh we haven't announced the eastern dates yet but they're in the calendar and so we get home uh mid-february and then we're home for a little bit yeah. and then we fly out and do those and then eastern canada or eastern canada yeah just yeah. canada okay yeah so we'll stay in canada and then there we'll probably probably be doing dude festivals and stuff yeah. uh hopefully south by southwest yeah um and uh yeah i mean Hope summer summer will be the uk in okay. may in may yeah, it's all pretty up in the air at this point, but it's starting to come together. So you gotta let me know if you go to Glasgow. I gotta uh, yeah. send my buddy. Sweet, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got, yeah. A, I got a buddy who loves Canadian music. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. There cool. seems to be one of those in like every weird. Like, yeah, there was like a guy in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. There was like they were just like all all like we played a show there and and so many people they were like oh we love Canadian music it's <laughs> so weird yeah it's yeah. super interesting it's cool though it's cool to think that like Canadian music has a vibe which I mean I guess it obviously does but yeah it's just crazy to think that like it permeates as far as as it does sometimes because you know there's it seems like it happens more than it should, but there's yeah. Canadian bands that just cannot break in the U.S. I mean, yeah. you look at the Tragically Hip or totally, you know, Blue Rodeo or or any of those kinds of bands, and it seems like they can kind of dip down and do some, but you know, they just they don't have the fame that they do in in Canada. Um, Canada is also just a very nurturing, uh, you know, country in terms of arts. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's weird, but there are those expats that are like kind of hiding all over the place you find out or just you know mad like in the state when we were down with the sheepdogs there's guys that would show up with tragically hip shirts and they're just like these wild canadian music fans that <laughs> lived in awesome. houston or something yeah, yeah lots of places yeah they were just like yeah my my buddy in canada told me to check this show out or like or yeah or they were just like on vacation or yeah or for yeah. business or something yeah so while we're kind of talking about Canada and its various little pockets of music scenes, uh, I wanted to talk about Edmonton. So, like, now you guys are one of probably the bigger bands in Edmonton. Uh, I wanted to know why you're still in Edmonton. I mean, obviously you got signed to a Toronto label. I'm assuming that your agent and everybody you deal with is from Toronto. But you're still here. Um, why stay in Edmonton? What are, what are the advantages to being a band in the city? Um, well, I mean, it's or really, are there? Yeah, no, yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't need to be positive. Rent. It no, doesn't I'm need to be positive. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, no, I, I, I definitely feel like it is. It's inexpensive to live. Um, I mean, like there. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's specific to Edmonton. Like, it's not like the weather is in our favor or anything like that. You know, we're about to go on tour and. January <laughs> yeah. and drive those roads, but I mean, like you have to do it. It's kind of a. I suppose an unspoken rite of passage as most Canadian bands are going to do it anyways if your priority is to tour which it is for us and I mean I don't I've never really felt a need to like run from Edmonton uh, I always enjoy coming home you know my family's here mm-hmm. uh, 
it's a really nice place to come home to. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong, it's like the best part of playing music is getting to see different places and go other places. But when you have that home base um, that you're used to, it's you know comforting and. Uh, we have a lot of friends here. It's a very, uh, you know, forgiving and nurturing community. Uh, I, you say uh, that you think we're one of the bigger bands in, in the city. I don't know if I've ever said that, but um, but it is like it's nice to hear. But that would I would attribute that to the people that we came up playing music for and with so mm-hmm. you know there's so many great bands in the city and there's a lot of great people in the city who are willing to come to your show when it's minus 30 or come to your show when there's a million other things going on in the city and so yeah. like that with that in mind like i think it's just nice to feel at home in a place where you sort of came up instead of just immediately re- relocating when you know, you get signed or you yeah. get a team that's working. I mean, I'm sure there's, there is the obvious advantages to being in the same city as your, as your team is. But, uh, when the priority is to be on the road, you're kind of anywhere at any time. So it's nice to have, have a place like Edmonton that's easy to live in and easy to, to get work if you need it and have a, have a, you know, job here that, that pays you enough to, you know, have a, have a place. Cause I know that there's a lot of people that, immediately we'll go out to Toronto or, or Vancouver or something to try to quote unquote make it or, or for their, their career there. But the cost of living is just so vastly different that, you know, you can end up getting bogged down in that. Um, that's not to say that I wouldn't enjoy or any of us wouldn't enjoy relocating for a little bit to just get inspired or, or make some connections or just be in a different place artistically for once. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've never really felt like a, urgency to get out so cool yeah um one last question before we jump into the rapid fire what do you think edmonton's lacking to help bands kind of get to the next level industry i suppose but that's the obvious one i guess but i don't know but the interesting thing too is that i think like edmonton breeds like interesting art because there isn't that sort of like pressure or whatever or or like thing to work towards like it's it's not like it's like oh like uh somebody from this label like might be in the crowd tonight it's like they're definitely not (laughs) so it's (laughs) like not happening no it's not (laughs) happening so you might as well just make something that's that you think is good and honest and true yeah or whatever and then and that'll still that'll end up shining through brighter to industry people anyways than than something that's contrived you know yeah yeah it's like that's that's why i think edmonton is such like a great breeding ground for for art and stuff because it just doesn't have that that like preconceived idea of of success or industry or anything like that people are just doing it for the right reasons yeah so in that sense i think that edmonton's good but but in in the sense of of lacking i would say just like yeah having that having that leg up of living in toronto where like there might be somebody from a label in the crowd you know that's like also on the other hand that's an advantage but that's not to stop any i mean any edmonton bands from touring out to toronto i mean that's what we did totally yeah it worked for us yeah cool guys well we're gonna jump into the rapid fire set of questions here so this is like a group of questions that are it's more about trying to get to know you guys as people 
you know, we, we talked about Ultimita. We pushed the record. Yeah. Go see Ultimita on the tour for Time Hasn't Changed You. And uh, right now, right now, we're going to just find out how great these guys actually are. <laughs> or maybe, we'll or maybe, maybe they're terrible. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so the first question is often what people deem the toughest. What album sparked your love of music? Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band for me. Nice. I always heard that kind of stuff in the in the car. My dad was always playing. My parents were always playing their music, and it seemed, you know, whatever. It was my parents' music, and then it was the first time I think I ever heard just you can do that. Yeah. So yeah. Bob Dylan's greatest hits, Volume Two. Nice. Yeah. What is your current musical obsession? Fela Kuti. Ah. Yeah. That's a good obsession. Been obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> you can go deep with that obsession. Yeah. It's crazy. He had a fucking crazy life. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super inspiring. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Okay. I'm not familiar. Yeah. Neither am I, actually. Is his name Peter Sarsgaard? Maybe yeah. make this guy up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Well, I've been, also, I've been listening to a lot of Kevin Morby l- lately as well, too. Oh, yeah. He's great. I got turned on to that, and, and I've been pretty into that. Cool. Burgers or pizza? Pizza. Oh, that's fucking hard. <laughs> uh, hmm. I can eat pizza like nonstop. And there's so many options. You can do so much with it. Oh, you can do a lot with a burger. Can, I like a you can do a lot. Pizza. Yeah. Brooklyn yeah. pepperoni from Domino's. Yeah. Folded. Yeah. There's so so many so much good pizza. I'll say burgers there. just to even it up. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. How do you take it? Black. Depends. Okay. <laughs> best, <laughs> best movie you've seen recently? The favorite. Ditto. I just saw that yeah. as well. Alcohol or marijuana? Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped drinking a while ago, so I guess I'll say the other one. <laughs> For the same reason you picked burgers. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? I got spit on one time by a dude. That's the best thing? Well, oh, the best thing? Well, yeah. it was interesting. The, the next question is the worst. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the worst would probably be like forgetting the words or something. Oh, okay. Well, the best thing? I mean, I guess the best thing was that ever happened to me was that nothing went wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that everything went according to plan. And then the worst is that everything went wrong? <laughs> uh, yeah, we played a show in Victoria once, and my and my drum kit was just just, just decided not to show up to the show, and everything. <laughs> I was losing. Everything was just falling over. It was awful. That was, that was awful. It was bizarre. Well, and especially because our friend, like, prefaced the set by being like, these guys are the best fucking band in Canada. And we're like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, and shit. then it would just prove to be the worst fucking yeah, set. It was really <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. How many pets do you have and what are their names? I don't have I don't personally have any but my mom has a cat and a dog, Katie and Benjamin. Uh, my wife and I brought a dog home who couldn't live at our apartment and so he lives with my parents now so he's like our foster dog I guess and his <laughs> name is John Denver. John Denver, nice. Yeah. <laughs> if you could open for any artist on the planet, who would it be? Bob Dylan. Any artist? Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like I've probably thought of this once before, but maybe... Uh... I don't know. I'll, I'll just let you answer that one. I, I don't know. I don't think I can answer it. <laughs> What's the strangest job you've ever had? I worked a pest control job when I was in university. My summer job was working pest control. And 
it came with a lot of I, you know, did a lot of gross things. What's the weirdest pest you found in Edmonton? The weirdest pest? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe like a porcupine, but I fished a cat out of the river once, and that was awful. That is awful. Yeah, that was terrible. I haven't really had any weird jobs. That's fair. It's fair. They've all been pretty, pretty regular. What was your favorite childhood toy? I had a stuffed cat named Kitty. That's original. Yeah, that's <laughs> original as my job. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, my favorite toy. Uh, well, you know what? I had a bunny named Bunny, and I also had a yeah. frog <laughs> named Croaky. Oh, nice. That now my niece plays and you with. you were making fun of That's true, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, actually, I would say my favorite one now, now that I'm thinking about it, my favorite one was we had a shitload of Jurassic Park uh, characters. Nice. That we played with a ton of. Uh, so, yeah, like the OG Jurassic Park. Who's your favorite superhero? Spawn. <laughs> Edmonton. Calgary. Represent. I thought it was. Uh, I thought Tom McFarlane's from Edmonton. Yeah, I thought he was from Edmonton. Oh, was he? Oh, maybe yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. I thought he was from Calgary, but maybe yeah. I guess that Spawn. I used to be so down with Spawn. I like nice. Spawn a lot. Yeah. I uh, I think my favorite is any of the X Men. Uh, I just liked the. The X Men was like pizza for me. There were so many options <laughs> to choose from: foldable X Men, foldable X Men, Brooklyn pepperoni X Men, uh, X Men with pineapple, X Men with the uni discount. Yes. Anyways, Beals or the Stones. Let's say it. Uh, I'd say, let's say it at the same time. Oh, oh fuck! I, I just ran it. <laughs> I, would say, I would say the Stones. Yeah, you have the Stones and Dylan, and I got yeah. the Beatles. Okay. Yeah. What was your first car? Subaru Outback, two thousand and uh, three. That's a baller first car. Eh, it was just pretty junky, but uh, I don't want to tell you what mine was now. <laughs> mine is a Suzuki Grand Vitara. <laughs> nice. What's your favorite Canadian city to play? I love Victoria. Victoria. Victoria has always been really fun. I love going to Toronto. I love Montreal. Yeah. But, uh, I'd say between, I mean, Edmonton's obviously super fun too. It would be an even tie between Victoria, Toronto, and Edmonton. Okay, what's your least favorite? Guelph. Up until right now, Regina. Regina. Yeah, Regina's pretty. Thus bad. far, okay, yeah, might be like, good on this one. Regina is not exactly capital city material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Regina. What's the weirdest request you've ever had from a fan? I remember, uh, not with this band, but with an old band, and I assumed they were joking, but it didn't seem like it. Uh, this guy was asking for us to, to mail him soiled uh, underwear. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. So it was bizarre. Uh, just a lot of people yelling to take your shirt off. That's probably the weirdest, but I'm in the back, so I don't really, I'm not always, it's kind of blocked out from Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give me one of your bucket list items. I'd like to hold a koala bear. That's a good one. That is a good one. That's a great one. Wow. <laughs> wow. Or like something else with that. an exotic animal. Yeah. So anything with an exotic animal. Like. Man, that takes top. Yeah. Uh, best one I've ever heard. Yeah. 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 That was a good one. <laughs> Fuck, how do I top that? No, <laughs> no don't top it. Just be, just yeah, be yeah. you. Yeah, just do right. you. Yeah, yeah. Compare equals despair. Uh, I don't even know. I'm pretty content. 
You know what? I, I on my bucket list is to probably to be content. For once, I just like to be comfortable. What is your favorite road trip album? We have exhausted a lot of yeah. quote unquote road trip albums on tour. Yeah. We have a CD player and for a long a long time <laughs> we had the same CDs. We had this we had the self-titled band, band, band record. And, and then would, every time it would come on, yeah. like when it would like shuffle to that, it was like standing by your window in <laughs> yeah. rain. We're like, no, turn it off before <laughs> yeah. it ruins yeah. it's ruined for us forever. Don't, don't ruin know. the band for me. Yeah. yeah. Road trip record. I don't know, like that's got to be like a solid record, like it, Rumors or something. I was going to say Rumors. Yeah. yeah. I got ri- recently got rid of all of my CDs except for three that are currently in my vehicle, which are Sgt. Pepper's, which is the one my dad bought me, Abbey Road, and Rumors. Nice. And Rumors is like the... Rumors is just Rumors is good. like the cream filling in between two <laughs> Oreo cookies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I have two Beatles and then one to even Yeah. Go. Okay, I got one last question for you guys. If you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, I'd because be, the I worst, would love to. the worst that could happen was that guy's an asshole. Dismiss you, and you'd find yeah, and and whatever. <laughs> I, you'd have to, you'd have to do it. Yeah, yeah. If, if the opportunity arose, you. But uh, but I do understand that if it got so, like soiled for you, that it could ruin them being your idol. But I try not to, to have too many idols. I don't put I don't put them up on the pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> Equals for life. Yeah. Right on, guys. Thank you so much for coming down to Inside the Artist Studio. Thanks so much for having. Thank us. you for having us. And the way we usually end this is with a tune. So, did you have one in mind you wanted us to play? Anyone? Uh, one of ours. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want you to play twenty one twelve. Hopefully, something off yeah. the new record. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, at you this pick. point, uh, why not uh, Little Tears? Perfect. New record. Right on. Cool. Good luck on the tour, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from Altamita. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups, the letter and cakespod.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.